This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. All right, joining us now from WPLG Local 10, Chirping the Cats, it's David Dwork, friend of the show. David, how are you doing? I'm good. Good to be back, fellas. Good to see you both, especially you, TJ. It's always good to see you, David. No offense, Alex. You know, I love you, but I don't know. I, I just feel like I have a bond with TJ. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. This really hurts. The goalie union is very hurt right now. Why? We, we've always got that. The goalie union is always there. Yeah, but that should take precedence over whatever bond you have with TJ. All right, David, you know why you're here. We know why you're here. The listeners know why we're here. The Formula One race on Sunday. Went really down to the wire. No, I, oh I don't my know God. anything of Formula One. Oh, my God. Can you believe what happened to Red Bull? <laughs> and then Ferrari going one, two. Unbelievable. What a start to the season. Crazy, crazy. Speaking of red, Claude Giroux is a Florida Panther. Uh, you got to meet him today, the press conference. Uh, just give us a vibe check. Claude Giroux in the room. How are the vibes? The vibes were almost as good as that segue. Um, no, no, it was, it was very cool seeing I mean, it felt you know, like, uh, wow, like all the, it was funny. Cause like, we're all kind of hanging around in there and they're like, okay, Claude's going to be coming in in a minute. Everybody make your way over to the seating area. And as we're going over there, all of a sudden I looked over my shoulder and there's Claude Giroux. And it's just, it was a very, you know, like, Oh shit, this is, it's real. It's happening. He's here. Um, but no, I mean, he seems like, you know, just like we've known, he's a very down to earth, uh, you know, cool looking guy, uh, was very honest with us today. He, he wants to win. He did not see it coming because, you know, obviously who goes into a season thinking you're going to suck. Um, I guess you guys can insert your favorite Canadian team joke there. Um, <laughs> but no, like it, it was just, um, you know, the situation happened how it happened. We, you know, we kind of saw it play out um, from our end because it was really no secret that Drew wanted to come to the Panthers. Um, it was, we didn't realize it was only really the Panthers. That was the team that he decided that was who it wanted to be. Um, but yeah, he said, he just, every time he watched them play, he just loved to see him, love the style, thought he'd be a great fit. And, uh, you know, I'm anxious to see how it plays out on the ice. Yeah. And I mean, I think part of it also is the fact that he stays on the East, you know, Eastern time zone, because I doubt his kids are coming down for a couple of months. They're going to, I'm sure their whole family is staying up in Philly, you know, you know, come down for a weekend or something like that. But, uh, I'm sure the fact that he's staying on the Eastern time zone really played into it as well. Yeah, I mean, we saw, you know, kind of a, I don't want to say similar situation, but it, it was a similar issue with uh, Marc-Andre Fleury 
where, you know, he was on the trade block, but obviously he was in full control of where he could go. He didn't want to go too far from Chicago because he didn't want to be away from his family. That's why he didn't want to go to any Canadian teams. He didn't want to have to deal with uh, the international travel and trying to get to his family or his family come to visit him. And he ended up on a team that geographically was as close to Chicago as you could get is in terms of teams that were in the goalie market. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure that that may have played a part in Giroux's decision as well. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, the, the impression that we got was he wants to win a Stanley cup. He's, you know, what, 34 years old now. And, uh, the second future hall of famer, if you want to call Giroux a future hall of famer to choose the Panthers this season to chase a Stanley cup. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely a future hall of famer. One thing I wanted to ask you, cause I was thinking about it as we started talking about it. When was the last time the Panthers ever did, or even really anyone did a press conference for a deadline rental? Like that's kind of how big of a deal Claude Giroux is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think the presser was going to be the, the deadline presser with Zito. And I think just the way the timing worked out and the fact, because usually a deadline edition is on the deadline. So they're not going to speak at the deadline presser. Um, in this case, the deal happened a couple of days ago. So I think it was more like the dominoes kind of for the chips fell in the right way or, but I, I mean, to your point, uh, as big as the deals are at this point of the season, um, to kind of have it in a way where Giroux could come, he practiced with the team. They had an informal skate today up in Coral Springs. So he was able to get on the ice and kind of test out the facility, see, you know, his new digs for at least the next, at least the next few months. Um, it, it, I'm sure it was a long day for him, you know, because he did his hits on the NHL network. He did the press or he did the practice. He's in a new city. Um and then tomorrow, you know, the real, the true practices start Thursday, the games start. They got three games in Canada over the next few days. The, uh, I believe it's uh, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto. Um, it's yeah. I'm just anxious to let it play out. They've got 20 games left guys mm-hmm. and they've got this team. That's, I mean, there's no arguing at this point. That's the best Panthers team ever constructed to ever hit the ice. Um, what's, how's it going to end? Like, yeah, I, I want to fast forward to the end. Let's see yeah, what you know. How's, let's, what's let's, go on. let's get to that part because uh, I I want to go ahead and drink uh, some champagne out of the cup already. Like, I just, just want to get to the playoffs. I want to see how it true, plays out at that point. You know, obviously they're a favorite to win the cup at this point. Maybe the favorite. You know, them in Colorado. I guess you would have to argue are the two guys that you would expect to be there. But like, we got to see it play out. Like at the end of the day, they haven't won a playoff round since 1996. That's mm-hmm. a long time. That's like I was in sixth grade in 1996 i didn't know what the hell was going on in the world but i knew the panthers were good mm-hmm. now i know what's going on in the world and the panthers are just showing back up again so you know let's get to that point let's get some playoff success and let's you know make sure it looks real you know if it walks like a duck if it talks like a duck if it quacks like a duck go probably win a playoff duck. round probably yeah probably when looking forward to the playoffs i'm sure a lot of panthers fans now after what happened on friday night they're really wondering to themselves what version of Aaron Ekblad, if we even get him in the playoffs, are we going to see? You know, you fear the worst after what happened last year once you saw that injury, but hearing that it isn't as severe as once feared was really a reassuring thing to hear from Brunette and uh, the team. What's the latest on Ekblad? Uh, the latest is it, it looks like he's going to be uh, back in time for the play. Well, for the playoffs, he's not going to come back before the playoffs, um, but it looks like he'll be healthy. You know, as long as everything goes as according to plan, if it heals the way that things are expected, it, it wasn't serious. I mean, Bill Zito was asked about it today at the press conference. Um, and he said he just happened to be in the locker room when when it happened, which he's never in the locker room during games. It was just a totally random thing that he went down there. Um, and so there was a few minutes where like everybody's 
freaking out, wondering what's going on. And he said it was maybe 10 minutes or so later after, after he came into the injury, when everybody realized, okay, you know, it's not an end, you know, season ending thing. It's not as bad as it looked when he's crawling off the ice. And uh, it just, it's scary. I mean, especially we're not that far removed from what happened last season where he busted his leg and was gone for, you know, that's it out of the playoffs. I mean, there was, you know, last year it was said that if they, if they had gotten deep enough, he might've been able to return. And, you know, you think about that, what they said last year compared to what they're saying now, which is, it's not as bad as we think he's going to be okay. You know, it's not that big of a deal. You know, it's uh, fortunate, I guess you could say. And, and look, they're good enough to where, you know, with 20 games left, you don't have to worry about them needing Ekblad to get into the playoffs. You really don't, you'd think that they'd be able to maintain, especially when you think about their remaining schedule and how a lot of those 20 games are against non-playoff teams, they should be able to maintain their spot in the standings. And then, you know, as you said, TJ, hopefully uh, when Ekblad returns for the playoffs, he is the Ekblad he's been all year. And look, no reason to think he won't be. He came back this year better than he was last year, right off the date. So, you know, I, I don't think that they would rush him back. I don't think that they'd have him out there if there was any, you know, uh, potential issue with re-injuring himself or anything like that. Um, so I, it just looks like they dodged a huge bullet. And once the playoffs get here, uh, we're going to see this team, you know, at full strength, assuming nothing between now and then goes wrong with another guy, knock on wood. Well, the question is, what is Ekblad's injury? Does anyone know? Or are they just not? I mean, obviously they know, but has anything come out or leaked that what it is? Or it's, we're just going with lower body injury. Obviously it's his right leg and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you ask if it's something structural and it gets addressed, it kind of makes you think maybe it was knee related. Uh, but I that's that's just kind of that's not saying I've heard anything that it's knee. I haven't heard a word when it comes to injuries, fellas. I, I've kind of learned I don't I don't poke around too much. It's a sensitive area. Nobody really likes talking about it. Nobody wants to disclose anything that they don't have to. And so I really to be perfectly honest with you guys, I don't inquire a whole lot when it comes to an injury i'm more of like a timetable kind of guy is it serious not really is it gonna be out that long not really okay you know that's enough for me um hope hopefully you know it wasn't anything that would be lingering maybe you know it's just like a bad muscle thing but i mean i don't like to even start like guessing or uh trying to figure out what an injury is just because it's it you know it could be so many different things so I, you know, I, I wish I had a, a better an answer for you, Alex, but to be honest, like this is just an area that I, I've learned to leave alone. Mm -hmm. Well, Zito being the shrewd tactician he is, knew right away that Ekblad going on LTIR meant that he had some funny money to play around with at the deadline. And they make two moves with that funny money. They go out and get Robert Haig from the Sabres for a sixth round pick. And then they get a sixth round pick in addition to uh, Igor Korshkov, former Maple Leafs draft pick for taking on 25% of Max Domi's salary in a uh, trade that ultimately sent Domi to the Hurricanes. What can you tell me about those two moves from Zito's perspective? And if there was anything else that he potentially was looking to use that LTIR pool to do? Yeah, I, I think, you know, in terms of the moves that were made today, I mean, you saw the Panthers uh, recoup a draft pick, you know, a, a late round one, but, you know, to pick on pick up a little money in the Max Domi three-team three trade, you got a draft pick there. Um, I, I really don't know what the thought is to do um, with the, the, the young man whose name is escaping me that they got in that trade. Uh, he's been playing in the KHL for the last couple of years with Torpedo. Uh, he really only played that, first, that one year, uh, which I think was 1920 uh, in North America, which was mostly with uh, the Marlies in the AHL. 
Um, Korshikov, thank you very much, TJ, for, uh, for trying to save me by typing it in the chat to make me sound <laughs> smart there. I, I appreciate you, brother. Um, but but um, God, I totally lost my train of thought there because I was so impressed by TJ. Sorry, Dan, Alex. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's honestly my thought that this is just kind of contract in, contract out, because it doesn't seem like this guy has any desire to come back to the NHL based on, I mean, maybe I'm completely wrong here. And well, I, I wouldn't say he doesn't have a desire to, because I think most guys would want to come back if they could, but I, who knows what the situation is. Like they're probably you know, desire not to come back to the AHL is more like that's it. what I meant. Right. Um, but yeah, and then um, you talked about uh, Robert Hague, who I, whose name I have been butchering for like a, a day now, he's been hoed, he's been hagged, but it, it's, it is hague, right? I, I, the two dots above the A, I can never quite remember what that, what, what the, I'm going to be uh, honest. I'm shooting from the hip. Like I'm assuming it's hague. If I've been saying it wrong this whole time, so be it. That's no, what I, was said on TV today. So, okay. Which was said on TV today? Hague apparently. Hague. Hague? Okay. Yeah. That, during- that, that sounds right. Well, we're going to speak to him tomorrow in, in Coral Springs, or I assume it's in Coral Springs. We're going to speak to him tomorrow after Panthers practice, so uh, we'll be able to find out for sure. But either way, uh, the more that I have talked to guys about Robert Haig, um, just what I knew about him was just that he's a really good shot blocker and he's good in his own end. He'll eat up PK minutes. Uh, apparently, you know, in addition to that, he's a great locker room guy. Um He's a good, he can be a good stay at home defenseman. If you ask him to be I'm with, you know, the way the Panthers play, they, they may ask him to do what they ask all their defensemen to do, which is push the puck. But um, like, I think with the, with Haig, with Sherratt, um, the name of the game is just maintain. Don't do anything crazy. Play to your own skills, play to your abilities. This is a team that's really a well-oiled machine at this point. Um. But I'm excited about the additions, fellas. I really am. I think you, they took a, a really good team, a really well-rounded team, and added like another layer of metal metal armor on the outside and made them that much stronger and harder to penetrate. Uh, it's, it's, it's awesome, and it's exciting for the Panthers to be doing this. I mean, you guys have been following this team for a long, long time, just like you know, I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast has been listening, following this team forever. We've never seen this in South Florida. We've never seen a team this good. We've never seen them run this well. We've never seen a front office this easy, you know, like functional. The the synergy between the front office and the coach's office and the, and the players on the ice, uh, it's unique. It's unheralded. And uh, you know, I, the message is, for me that I keep repeating is just soak it in, enjoy it. This is something that is really, really rare. And uh, I hope it's it's just being enjoyed as much as it should be. It's it's fun. I know we got to get you out of here, but real quick, give us your thoughts on Ben Sherratt. I mean, look, I loved what I saw from him last year in the playoffs. I really haven't seen a whole lot of him this year. Um, what I saw on a team, and, and granted, he was paired up with Shea Weber, but he's going to be paired up with a decent defender here. He's not going to have to deal with the kind of muck and grind that he had to deal with in Montreal, where he, you know that whole team was basically plugged into their own zone for the better part of the first three months of the season. Um, I think Ben Sherratt, who is also... A, an amazing guy off the ice. He's going to fit in very well with this Panthers team, which is kind of half the battle right there. Um, but no, I think he's a guy that's not going to, there's not going to be a lot of pressure on him to do anything other than his game. He's got a great stretch pass. His ice vision is solid. Um, just, you know, play strong in front of your own goalie. It's like we asked all of our, all of our defensemen here in South Florida, you know, be strong in your feet in the high danger area. If you're going to do anything with the puck, do it all on the boards and get ready to push. Um, I'm obviously I take everything, with a little bit of a grain of salt until I see it on the ice. Um, but 
really everybody that's been plugged into this system over the last maybe 18 months, uh, as long as they can skate, they'll be fine. Ben Chirot can skate. All right, David, thank you very much for joining us. What do you got cooking right now? Uh, any new chirping the cats and anything new on local 10.com, et cetera. Yeah. Um, there's always, you know, new stuff popping up on local 10.com. I put up a new story the other day, uh, just kind of reiterating what we were just saying about how ridiculously rare and cool it is that the Panthers can go all in that they've never been able to do it before. Um, and chirping the cats, I'll have a new one probably going up tomorrow. I'm going to chat with, uh, with my buddy, David Pinota from the fourth period and kind of get his take on the, insider behind the scenes angle of how the, the trade deadline played out when the moves the Panthers made. So there's always something cooking over here. All right. Sounds great. Thank you, David. And uh, we're looking forward to all of that. Thank you to everybody for listening and go Panthers. Hey, what's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything. But losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results. I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203.